In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Hi, and welcome to the High Ground News on the Ground podcast, powered by The Daily Memphian and the OAM Network. We are community-based journalists working with residents in Memphis neighborhoods to uncover what is moving the city forward. We're currently focused in Madison Heights, where we'll be embedded until August, uh, working with residents to write stories about life in their neighborhood. Um, Today's guests are sort of from the Madison Heights neighborhood. Um, I have Tamara Hendricks, who is the organizing coordinator with HOPE. Uh, which stands for Homeless Organizing for Peace and Equality, and that's a group under the Mid-South Peace and Justice Center. Hey. Hi. And Dana Brooks, who's the Director of Housing Ministries with Catholic Charities. Hello. Thanks for joining. Thank you. So we really can't talk about the Madison Heights neighborhood without talking about the population of people there who are experiencing homelessness and benefit from services there. There are so many great services concentrated in the area, especially around like the Cleveland and Jefferson part of town. Um, which is where y'all are located, Catholic yes. Charities. So, uh, Dana, y'all recently launched a free health clinic for this group of people. Um, has that been been going well so far? Huge. It Huge. Launched, yes. Um, so Christ Community Health Services is now located on the first floor of our building, and we are at the corner of Jefferson and Cleveland, basically. And so um, it is free health care. Um, To anyone who's experiencing homelessness, they also do dental care, vision screening. Um, They have a behavioral health person on site. Wow. Yes. And so it really is a full service facility, um, which is different than, you know, the mobile van um, and the way it used to be. It used to be in our old gym in the basement. And so we really wanted to give them kind of a stable facility, a fixed location um, that was centrally located to all of the populations in need. Great. Uh, So there are are a lot of services concentrated around the Madison Heights neighborhood, which means there are a lot of people who experience homelessness around the Madison Heights neighborhood. But according to your estimates, how many people across Memphis are are in this situation? On any given night, the estimate is about 1,226. Now, of course, we know that's very fluid, um, but there's usually about 598 people in emergency shelter. You've got 526, seven in transitional housing of some sort. Which y'all provide, right? Yes. Yeah. And then um, 102 are outside. So um, it, it varies, you know, obviously based on weather um, finances. There are no free men's shelters in the city of Memphis. And so you have to come up with somewhere between six and $13 a day. Um, and then there's, you know, a, a kind of large discrepancy between the men and the women resources. Right. So out of, you know, the 600 people that are experiencing homelessness and staying in some kind of shelter, 230 of those are female. So, um, and we estimate about 30 women don't have anywhere to go on any given night. And there's been something new in the news that is trying to tackle that need specifically, uh, single women who need emergency shelter. So the city and county um, recently approved, I think this week, to support an expansion of the hospitality hub with $2.5 million between them across the next few years. 
So this would create 32 emergency shelter beds and an interesting uh, 10,000 or so square foot plaza with food trucks and all sorts of amenities. Um, and the hub would add between five and $8 million to support that. So um, Tamara, what were your first thoughts when you heard about the expansion of the hospitality hub? Okay. Um, generally I was thinking, you know, Hey, good, a new shelter, but um, working with the, you know, the homeless community um, and knowing, you know, myself, firsthand what shelters are like um i'm thinking that more that we need permanent uh, housing because i feel like you can go a little further and then what once they're in the shelter then once their term is up then what do they do that's what i'm thinking what about the long term um it's just it'd be it would be more um i guess more effective i think that um if we had a permanent permanent housing for them for them to build and get jobs and, and be more stable. That's all I'm thinking. And for folks who aren't familiar with the work the Hospitality Hub does, um, a shelter is kind of new terrain for them. Uh, they've done, they provide services like job interview prep, connection with employment resources, even locker storage for people who don't have um, a stable base to folks who are experiencing homelessness. But this is kind of new. Um, and Hope has long advocated for a publicly supported free shelter. Yes. Right? Yes, we have. And does this, you know, satisfy what you think the community needs? As long as, like I said, as long as there's something long-term, I, I think, you know, I, I know we, we definitely, definitely do need a women's shelter. Um, but I think they need to go a step further and, you know, like have employment services or something, something just to make them build themselves up. You know, it's just, not just to be sitting in a shelter all day and not, progressing that's what i guess that's what i'm saying you know and dana what were your first thoughts well to have them transition from what they are now to also adding the shelter it kind of made sense simply because they are the central intake for singles um you know memphis and shelby county has um what is called a crisis response system and so we have something called coordinated entry and that is so anyone experiencing homelessness can get fair and equal access to the homeless system and the services that are provided, um, shelter being one of them, and then permanent housing. And so um, historically, they've always been kind of separated. Families go through MIFA because right. MIFA is equipped to serve families, and the singles have more of a no wrong door approach. But the Hospitality Hub and Catholic Charities, simply because of our locations, have kind of always defaulted to that central intake location. And so when they come in the door, they're automatically accessing the homeless system. And I can tell you the average time it takes to get someone housed once they've qualified is 15 to 30 days. And that's for transitional housing? No, that is a permanent housing. Oh, that's a lease. That's great. Um, and so... You know, if if they're already going into the hospitality hub to access the homeless system and, you know, it's going to take 15 to 30 days to get them, you know, secure with a with a lease, um, you know, having a shelter and a place for them to sleep on site while they're getting all the other services, it does make sense. Mm -hmm. So and, and that's the way the coordinate entry system works. They um, they're assessed for their vulnerability. That vulnerability is prioritized based on um, measurements that are kind of determined by HUD um, because most of and the housing money is HUD. Federal U.S. Department Correct. of Housing and Urban Development. Right. Who funds y'all? 
right. of the city. Yeah. Right. And so um, the entire continuum of care has, you know, 27 roughly HUD funded housing programs. And so if you consider the hospitality hub a central access point, and then they're kind of funneled to the HUD funded program that they qualify for, um, it has the potential to work and work very well. So you see these two things as complementing the work that you already do kind of explicitly. Yes. Yes. Supporting alongside each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and could you speak a little bit about the housing programs that y'all do have and sure. how many beds are available for people in long-term housing and how they can access that? Yes. Um, so the city of Memphis has, there are really two types of HUD funded housing. There's permanent supportive housing which is an indefinite amount of rental assistance and wraparound case management. And that is for your chronically homeless um, individuals who have been out there consecutively more than a year. And then you have what's called rapid rehousing, which is more of a shorter term crisis intervention. You don't have to be homeless for more than a day. Um, And it's something where you go out, you secure a lease in your name. And then after, you know, roughly six to nine months, you take over that housing that is yours um, to sustain. And so um, permanent supportive housing, we have about 1,360 beds like that in the city um, across all of the programs. And then rapid rehousing, we have about 800 beds. So Catholic Charities is just one of those programs. Um, We have Genesis Homeless Services, which has the capacity to do um, 65 um, individual units. I can tell you right now we're at 106 So the need is way greater than the contract. Um, And then we have veteran-specific housing. And so we serve about 200 a year for that. Um, We also have another partnering agency who serves another 100. And then we have um, other smaller supportive service grants. And so we have an emergency solutions grant, which also helps with rapid rehousing that's um, contracted through the city. And then we have um, an AIG grant, which is a street outreach worker. And so she is really the kind of boots on the ground connection between that person experiencing homelessness who who has no idea, you know, what resources exist in the city mm-hmm. to the permanent housing. And then you also provide um, not employment assistance, but maybe filling in the gaps where someone might have issues with finding employment. Exactly. I mean, we, so we all practice housing first, which is kind of a principle. um, It's a model that basically says, you know, there is nothing that's going to hinder your acceptance into the program. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your criminal record, eviction history, credit history. None of those things should hinder you from accessing housing like anyone else. And so when we practice that, you know, putting someone under a roof does not solve all of our problems. Um, And it especially doesn't immediately mean that in six months, you're going to be able to pay all the bills on that property either. And so we have a consumer services liaison who kind of fills in that gap. And so we're looking at what your skills are, what your education level is, what you want to do. What do you want to do with your life? You know, all of this is client choice. Um, You kind of lead the way as to how you want to live and what you want to do with your life. And so Um, Our consumer services liaison is finding those job opportunities, um, getting them the support they need, helping them create resumes, interview skills. Maybe they need equipment for their job, or maybe you want to go into construction, but you don't have work boots. You know, all of those things are supported through this federal funding. That's great. And um, Tamara, could you speak a little bit about the people that you serve through HOPE? Um, 
do you work with um, women and men? What are some of the issues that you see rise with the gender disparity for resources in town? Um, yes, uh, we work with men and women, and you'll find that there's more um, services for men, unfortunately. Um, the women kind of just, you know, um, have services um, that are barely covering, you know, uh, what they need. Um, it's, it's no, like there's different things, um, like such things as hygiene things, that little personal things that women might need. There's not a lot of places to go and get those. Um, but there's a place called Sister Supply that um, does um, hygiene things, and um, they can go there. Um, there's um, where Where is Sister Supply? Sister Supply is in Cordova. Okay. And um, it's like um, a group of ladies, they um, have donated items um, come to them, and then they distribute them to the um, women that are homeless. And yeah. um, what do you wish that people better understood about the experience of homelessness? What are some of the common misunderstandings that you yeah, run up against in your are, work? Yeah, that people are lazy, that they're not trying to get off the streets, and they're all they're drug addicts. And that's not always the case, and they're not always mentally ill either. Um, it could be in fortunate circumstances for um, some persons that don't have jobs or they may have lost their apartment or things like that as well. There are people that are just trying to find employment, you know. And how does Hope um, support those people? What kind of services and things do you do? Um, we, we, are, we have a supportive group on Wednesdays um, from 2.30 to 4.30 um, at St. Mary's. Um, we've been doing that for like six years. And that's the downtown church where mm-hmm. the bridge is also. Right. People right, can correct. the bridge. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also we'll have like outreach days where we go and we speak to the public about what they need. Um, uh, we used to do resume service. We're looking for somebody to help us with resumes again. Um, and we're, you know, any kind of assistance they might need, they need a reference or they need, um, some assistance getting employment, we'll bring them job, um, listings and things like that. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you see, um, the new hospitality hub services and shelter complementing or not the work <coughs> that you do in that area? I mean, it's great because it is going to be a women's shelter and, um, you know, I've been really concerned about women on the streets, um. And and not being able to tell them that there's somewhere to go. Now we can tell them there's somewhere to go. It's just that I hope that with this shelter that um, they'll be able to go a step further and then they won't be able to return to homelessness. You know? Right. They have those wraparound <coughs> support services. Yes. And um, there's only, I can think of, um, maybe one shelter that does single women housing, right? The Salvation Army? There's two. So the Salvation Army, they've really transitioned. It used to be the single women's lodge, and there were 20 beds for single women at all times. That's since changed. So at this time, out of those 20 beds, there are really only six that are available 24-7 for an unsheltered female. And then you have um, Missionaries of Charities, which we lovingly call the Sisters, And so um, that is also another option for females as well. And it's free. Um, But typically they, you know, like Tamara was saying, they like to get you on a plan immediately and kind of get you up and out um, Mm -hmm. because they want it to be a trampoline. They don't want you to live there forever. It should not be permanent. Um, And those are really the only two female only options right now. We have Living for Christ, but that's co-ed and it's higher priced. It's $13 a day. 
Um, and then we have an amazing um, seasonal shelter called Room in the Inn. They do um, such interesting work. Yes, they are phenomenal. Um, but because they have to rely on congregations to give the bed capacity, and each congregation sleeps about 12. So churches actually open their doors yes. where people can sleep in the evening, but only during the winter months. Right? Well, they so this is the second year now that they've expanded to full year round, but it's been very challenging um, because basically from November 1 through March 31, they're doing everyone. Um, it's free and... Um, they are relying on congregations. Um, so say, um, your congregation wants to commit to the first Monday of the month. And so, and this congregation wants to commit to the third Friday of the month. And so what happens is on those seven days a week, they may have two churches on Monday, three on Thursday, you know, four on Friday. So it varies. So they can be sheltering anywhere from 24 to 74 on any given night, but you never know. Mm -hmm. And then um, from May through October, this is the second year now that they've started to just offer shelter for women because they know that there is a high need. Right. So people are recognizing that this is a place that Memphis is lacking. Yeah. And um, Tamara, back to the free shelters, right? This has been kind of one of those, you know, championed calls of Memphis Hope. Um, where are you seeing that work in other cities? Um, it's sad to say mostly um, all the cities have free shelters and we, we kind of were lacking. And that's so what, most cities have most free cities shelters have in your free research. Shelters. Yeah, that's, that's the sad part about it. It was that Memphis um, was the only one that we knew of that didn't. And um, that's what we did reiterate to city council a lot. So I hope that that's stuck in their minds and, you know, and that's why they're doing what they're doing. But, you know. And will the hospitality hub emergency shelter, I haven't seen anything out that says it'll, it will be free or it will be charged. Do you, do you know which one it'll be? I'm not sure. I didn't read anywhere of what I'm thinking it will be free. But I'm As far as I know, they're advertising that it will be free. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And that's a huge asset and yes, is definitely. a step in the right direction, yeah. according yeah. to what y'all are experiencing. Um, well, is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you'd like to bring up about serving the homeless in Memphis? I just want to plug, I'm sorry, do a quick plug. Um, we are having um, a tent city um, style um, action on Saturday, May 11th from uh, 2 to 5 in Morris Park. That's 747 Poplar across the street from St. Mary's Episcopal Church. And uh, we are asking the public to come out and just kind of speak or kind of react, as we say, and um, just sit in the tent and see what it's like um, to um, be a person that is experiencing homelessness. That's the whole experience we're trying to do. And we're trying to raise awareness of um, that we need more affordable housing in Memphis among um, hum- the homeless community and low income. And uh, we also... Um, just want you to come out and uh, we're going to be uh, serving the public with food and things. And so just come out and, and uh, do that experience with us. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining me today. My guests have been Tamara Hendricks, who's the organizing coordinator with hope and Dana Brooks, who's the director of housing ministries with Catholic charities. Uh, I'm Madeline Faber, editor of high ground news. You can follow our ongoing neighborhood coverage at highgroundnews.com. And if you like this podcast, please share and tag High Ground News and let us know what you want to see in the next episode. 
You can follow this podcast and others from The Daily Memphian on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and a new one, Google Play. Thanks. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.